This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post game podcast. Ah, yes. Welcome to the post game podcast. Jerry Recco is at uh, Penn State with Rutgers. So, Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Hello, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Eddie, I took the Twitter before uh, the show ended, probably about uh, maybe an hour and 15 minutes before the show ended. And I enjoyed the segment last time you were on, the Ask Eddie segment. Okay. So, I had. told people you would be a guest again today on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I said, uh, send me some questions. I did have some repeats of last time, which we will not do, of course. Alrighty. Um, so if you uh, missed the first time we did this, you just scroll back like a week or two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, and look for when uh, uh, I hosted with Eddie, and we did the Ask Eddie segment. So I uh, cut and paste from Twitter uh, some questions people have. I will fire them away at you, Eddie. Alrighty. All right, so I, I we... Hello. Oh, hi. I keep hitting my uh, the armrest on this chair lines up directly with the volume control on my headset. Oh, that's unfortunate. So when I turn, sometimes it either blasts in my ear or cuts me out completely, as it did there. Okay. All right. Let's uh, start off with. I told Brian he would go first since he had uh, asked first. Uh, I know Eddie is a dog lover, and would love to ask him how he got into training dogs and what breed of dogs is his favorite. Okay, well, uh, I was a dog person growing up. You love dogs. Uh, had a dog, and then once I got married, my wife and I both worked out of the home. Really couldn't have a dog. Then my wife started working from home and thought maybe now would be a good time to have a dog. But I didn't want a small dog. I wanted a larger breed dog. A real dog. Some people would say that. A man um, dog. So... We thought about the seeing eye because this was a way to not make a lifetime commitment to a dog uh, and to see if my wife could handle a large breed dog on her own because she would be the primary raiser because she's home. So that's how we got involved with the seeing eye. Uh, And then once we did, we sort of fell in love with the program, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And because of that... I fell in love with Labrador Retrievers. So that's the answer. Labrador Retrievers, my favorite breed. Okay. And that's the reason why I I got involved with training uh, 
guide dog. So you try to do it with no commitment or shorter commitment. Well, yes, because you're not, you know, you don't have, you know, obviously if the if you do your job, the dog, you're never going to see the dog again because right. it goes on to be a guide. But if the dog fails out of the program, they give the puppy raiser the option of adopting the dog or if the dog becomes a breeder or whatever other reason they may come out of the program, they offer it to the puppy raiser and that's how we uh, got our first three dogs. I had thought about becoming a dog walker part-time mm-hmm. just so I could interact with dogs yes. without the commitment of the dog. Right. And that's another great way to do it. All right. Uh, second question comes from Ryan. He wants to know, how long has Eddie had diabetes? Uh, since 1994. Wow. So I was not born with it. Which, okay. Uh, most people with type 1 get it at a very early age. Uh, type 1 is insulin-dependent. That's what you are? Yes. Type 1. And that 90% of diabetics are type 2, which usually just comes with getting older and being overweight, both of which I am. But shockingly, I'm a type 1. Um, and that is when your insulin cells are just destroyed by your immune system. And again, most people get it when they're they're predisposed to it. They get their first infection or cold or whatever as a young child. Their body develops antibodies for that whatever illness they're fighting, but they also develop antibodies that kill their insulin cells. They become diabetic. And when I, in 1994, I went to China. This was 1994, so I don't have corona or anything like Pre-coronavirus. that. Pre-coronavirus. I was in Wuhan, by the way. You were? Uh, yeah, in 1994. And before... Well, we went over, they uh, they recommended for people traveling overseas, and they do this a lot for military, an inoculation called a gamma globulin shot, which is a cocktail of inoculants for hepatitis and other things. So it was either an antibody produced as a result of that inoculation, or I did get uh, sick over there. I got like a 24-hour bug over there because I ate like the fresh vegetables. So who knew? Uh, so it was one of those two things. I, I believe it was the inoculation. Uh, and then when I came back, I had type 1 diabetes. So you went to China, came yes. home with diabetes. Yes. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wild and story. I was 27 when that happened, which is a weird age. Yeah. And that was 1994. Hmm. All right. All right. Here come two questions related to your hair. One from Mikey Nichols. Oh, okay. Hey, Mike. Uh, he wants to know how long you've been growing your hair. And similarly, Kirk wants to know when's the last time you cut your hair. Okay. Uh, I started growing my hair into a ponytail in 1994. That was I, a big year for you, There was no correlation, really. You didn't get diabetes and say time to grow no, the hair? No. I had I had a, uh, a mullet. You did? I think you've seen a picture of me with the mullet. I don't maybe. know if I saw the mullet photo. Anyway, well, I had a mullet. And it was the time, you know, early, late, time. late 80s, yeah, <clears throat> early 90s. And I just decided, I don't know why, I always kind of liked long hair, you know, sort of a hippie and all that. And uh, so I, I started growing it in 94. And it's been a lot longer. It used to be halfway down my back. But, you know, as you get older, and you know, I don't want it to be like where it gets thin at the end and yeah. just looks like Frayed a rat. hairs, yeah. A rat tail. I don't want that. You don't want a rat tail. So... I will actually get it cut twice a year. Oh. And most of the time, you guys don't even know it around Really? Here. Allie notices because she stands behind me, and she's a makeup person, so she notices these things. 
And she's really the only one who notices. So when's the last time it was cut? Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, what month? Is and it? are you due for your new, your, no, your it was, second uh, November. All right. So probably like, you know, May, May. or June. Yeah. It's twice a year. Maybe right before the big uh, kick off the summer uh, show. Get a nice uh, fresh perhaps. haircut. I don't usually like plan it around like events like that. It just kind of happens. happens when it happens. Do you have someone you go to that specifically yes. cuts your hair? A babushka salon. A babushka on, uh, salon. Amboy Avenue in Edison. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Shout out to the babushka salon. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one from uh, Nicole. How did Eddie become a Miami Dolphins fan? Okay. Uh, another longish, boring story. <laughs> uh, 1974. First grade, the kid in front of me, Pete Bavaro, had a pack of stickers, of like NFL stickers. And he was showing me, and I might have had some cards in there, I forget exactly. And he said, oh, I, I could have one. Uh, and I kind of went through, I knew nothing about football, professional football, the Dolphins, nothing. But I saw the Dolphin logo in colors, and I liked it. So I said, I, I I want this one. Uh, and he said, no, you can't have that. They're the best team. So he gave me a Lions and a Vikings sticker. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so, uh, and the Dolphins uh, had just won their second straight Super Bowl against the Vikings that previous January. And they had, you know, the perfect season. Then they followed it up with a 12-2 and two season, won two Super Bowls, blah, blah, blah. So that's now in my head. Then I go to the newly opened Staten Island Mall with my family, and I go to Herman's World of Sporting Oh, Goods. loved Herman's. So, uh, and I see a book about this upcoming, you know, a preview book about the upcoming NFL season, which had already started. But again, I'm in first grade. What the hell do I know? And then, uh, so I read about all this great Dolphins team and how they're going to win again and all this other stuff. And then uh, my birthday's coming up. So I ask for dolphin stuff for my birthday. And then also for that that Christmas later on. And I get the dolphin jacket, you know, with the fake leather, you know, the varsity oh, jacket. Oh, those are awesome. That was classic. Dolphin hat with the pom-pom. All the classic stuff from the Sears catalog you yes. can see. Um, I go through the season. I have no idea what's going on. Of course, I'm whatever I am, seven years old. That season in the playoffs was the year <clears throat> that the Dolphins lost to the Raiders in the famous Sea of Hands game. The Raiders. Uh, and Mercury Morris, I think, ran back the opening kick for a touchdown. And my, I was watching with my dad. And, but they, you know, this was a, it's a famous NFL. I don't know if you know it. No. It's the Sea of uh, Hands uh, game. And at the end of the games, you know, the Dolphins take the lead. Stabler brings them back, brings the Raiders back, and it's in Oakland. And uh, he's being tackled by, I think, Kim Bocamper or Vern Denherter or somebody. And he kind of flings the ball with his left hand. If they had the in-the-grasp rule at that time, the play would have been dead. But he doesn't, and he just kind of flips the ball with his left hand. Two Dolphins crisscross in front of him. That's why it's the sea of hands uh, game. And I think it was Clarence Davis caught the ball in the end zone. Raiders win. I go upstairs cry hiding under my mom's bed and at that moment i could have gone either way could have front run raider fan of course or whatever i think uh steelers won that year um and I, that might have been i forget if it was i forget if the immaculate exception game 
was the Raiders Steelers from the year before for that game, whatever it was. Uh, that's irrelevant. But uh, I stuck with them and have actually never seen them win the Super Bowl. How about that? How about that? And uh, then, of how course, about that? Marino came along. You know, and of course, Super Bowl 17 with David Woodley and Don Strzok and that whole thing. And then Marino came along. And so there you go. But no winners. And no, we never have no seen them Super Bowl winners. Win the Only the uh, the uh, Mets in '86 were right. That was huge. Yeah, big time. Steve Hirsch checking in. Curious, curious to know what Eddie's favorite Geo impression is. Oh, you can hmm. only pick one. One Geo impression that you one. love the most. Uh it's that's 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 a, a good question. And if I only. I would have to say, just because of the little subtleties and nuances involved, which many listening might not even get, I would have to say it's the mic impression. Mic impression. Yeah. I have a very specific mic impression that I like that Geo does. It's Geo did it only a handful of times. Mike talking to a pretty girl. Like where, yes. you know, he gets a little more Dear, jovial darling. smile on yeah. his face. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. not just talking to some dude who loves sports. Yes. Uh, Eric checking in. How many T-shirts does Eddie own? Um, I would say upwards of 350. Where are they? Stacked Spill, up? Spilling out of drawers and stacked. <laughs> and my wife is just, you know, gets on me all the time to go through and throw out ones. Because there'd be some like Fugazi sponsor things that yeah. show up here. Not even from like actual sponsors. Right. People just send shirts. Um, like but, I picture them stacked in a walk-in closet, just like stacks of T-shirts. Oh, well, yeah. I'd have to have a very large uh, yeah. walk-in closet. That is not the case. Um, there. Uh, How does one get out of rotation? Well, it's again, if it's sort of like, you know, lame. Yeah. You know, I have my favorites. This is one of my favorite ones from the Black Dog. Uh, you know, that... Uh, New England. That's chain. a purchased shirt, though, not a free. Yeah, I actually bought this. Most of them are free, right? Um, but yeah, I would say upwards of three hundred. But I'll go through every year and a half and just donate like a hundred. Yeah, because it's a little insane, right? All right, because I do not repeat, as you know, for the year. You do not repeat for the year. For like now, I did wear this in Miami, but it was in the sort of after the work, so I don't right. So not to work. That. Okay. This is a very deep question. Mm. A little deeper here. This is from Derek. It's not about t-shirts or the dolphins? Nope. Okay. Derek asks, does Eddie regret not having children? No, I do not. You do not? Yeah, that was something I kind of came to very in early adulthood. That you you didn't want kids? That I was, yeah, that I, I really, first that I would be like, okay, if it didn't happen. And then I was like, you know, I, I'd really rather not. Um, maybe I'm not at the point in my life where I will would regret it yet, but I I'm not that kind of person that, you know, I am what I am and I accept what it is. So no, I don't I don't regret that at all. Um, do you get asked that question? I do. Yeah, and I don't regret I, it either. Yeah, I I don't. I feared the unknown with children. Like, what if the kid is like really uncontrollable in some way what if it's an evil kid sure uh that and i i really feel like 
this career for me, and and clearly not every, so many people around here have kids. We're we're the unique ones that don't. Yes, but I always felt like this was a career that I didn't want someone else counting on me to feed them because you could be fired any day. That that's a fair point. Yeah, and I always but that felt doesn't stop a lot of people from procreating, right? And you could also you could lose your job anywhere you are, right? But I I just remember thinking that. Like even like um, um, I've had girlfriends that had children from previous relationships or marriages, mm-hmm. and I always felt like, okay, I'm not responsible for them, for the kid, you know. So that was always cool to me, right? So sure. you get you get the pluses, but not the minuses. Yeah, no minuses. Right, and if he turns out to be a serial killer, hey, what's my kid? Not, not my, my DNA. DNA. Right. <laughs> uh, here's Brett Anderson. Uh, wanting to know, Eddie, are you worried about the coronavirus? Uh, for me personally? I guess just maybe um, uh, in general. Well, are you concerned for the world? Not yet. Right. Now, it does have a, not a crazy high, but a, a high kill rate. Yeah. Uh, you know, almost 4%, I believe, if, the, if I believe the current numbers. The... 1918 flu pandemic killed millions of people. Is that right? Yes. That was the Spanish flu, a version of the bird flu, I think. Yeah, if you Google it out. Google it. That was a true pandemic. Millions uh, died uh, around the world, and especially in the major, in the big cities where everybody's tightly packed and all that stuff. Um, I don't know if I would call it a pandemic yet. Um, now, is it, and I'd have to look up the definition. To me, a pandemic is is people are dying. Not just everybody is like you know ninety percent of the world has the sniffles. You know, a certain percentage die. But you know, I, I I don't know the true definition of a pandemic. Does it necessarily have to be a, a fatality involved to classify? Um, I'm not concerned yet. I want to see what it does in Europe and how many. You know, um, deaths are involved in sort of, you know, more Western countries, if you will. Not that China isn't a, in a modern country. It certainly is. But the, I think the that's where it started. People weren't aware. The dense population, all factors there. Um, but I don't, do I think it's going to be bubonic plague and kill 25% of Europe? I, I don't. Could it? Could this be... It, sure it could. So I'm not panicked, maybe moderately concerned. All right. We'll check in the next time we do Q&A. Yeah. Uh, This is from Paul. My dog won't stop licking her paws and scratching herself at night, and it keeps me awake. Mm. Can you ask Eddie what I should do? Yes. Uh, You can take her, have a blood work done to see if she has allergies, and I would recommend changing, uh, talk to your vet, but change the food to a higher end food it doesn't have to be like the crazy you know expensive ones purina pro plan is great but something to uh sort of fix it it sounds like she might have allergies and that could be uh, you check that out in a a blood test how about that eddie's curing your dogs yes and i'm coughing here i don't have corona though i I I hope i don't think so because we're in a tight room uh, let's see. This is from Joe Schmo. Gonna guess that's not his real name. 
Okay. Does Eddie think we will make alien contact in his lifetime? Secondly, would he have sex with an alien? Ha! Uh, <laughs> well. In your lifetime, will we make contact wearing its news? In other words, it's on the evening news. Here's an alien. Here's somebody shaking his hand. I'm going to say no. Yeah. But I hope that we do. Yeah, it'd be awesome. In fact, one of my uh, wishes, excuse me, in life is to be uh, cryogenically frozen and then woken upon first contact with the alien species, provided they're not out to just eat us. Yeah, then you want to stay frozen. Then, you know, what's the point? Eat you frozen. So, although, you know, the more you sort of read about it, life may be very rare in the universe. Yeah. And the distances involved in, in traveling between star systems, there it's so vast that you'd have to have faster than light technology. And, you know, we can't even imagine or conceptual. I mean, science fiction does warp speed and all that and wormholes, that sort of thing. We can't even cure coronavirus. No, we can't. So, I mean, I hope so. Yes. Do I actually think so? No. But, you know, we're just starting to reach out into space and send signals using radio waves. But radio waves have been around for, what, 100 and, let's say, what, 120 years, 130 years, whatever. And that could be a technology that 100 years from now nobody uses anymore. And there could be the next thing. And we're not looking for that next thing, that next signal. And we're looking for all at all these exoplanets we've discovered for signatures of life, but we're uh, looking for signatures of life as we know it, as right. we understand it. Carbon-based, you need liquid water, you need oxygen atmosphere, all this other stuff. Life could have evolved in so many different ways. But now, here's what might, may happen in our lifetime. The not extraterrestrial intelligence, but we may find extraterrestrial life on the ocean moons of Saturn. There's, um, I think, Titan maybe one where there's a, there's a liquid ocean under the cap of ice. And because of the geothermal heating under, under the planet and everything, there could be warm liquid water under there. We may find when we send missions to those bodies in our own solar system, we may find life there. Now, is it extraterrestrial intelligence? Most likely not. You never know. But you're talking about some sort of, you know, aquatic microbes or some sort of weird fish or something on these planets, on these bodies within our own solar system. That may happen in our lifetime. Wasn't it the great George Harrison that once asked, what is life? Correct. Yes, he did. And that's a great riff, by the way. Yeah. If Eddie could travel anywhere in the world, asks uh, Amy, where would he go? Uh, I'm going to say Antarctica. Ooh. Uh, go down to Patagonia, go across the Drake Passage to Antarctica, you know, while while the ice sheets are still there. Mm -hmm. um, but that's like a three-week trip, I think, minimum on some of these cruises that you can you can go there. It's expensive and it's long, and I can't take three weeks off. From no, work. you can't. So that will be uh, something that we'll have to uh, await retirement. Yeah, we would have no drops for three weeks. And, and also, that's like you know, that's sort of like the most. Although I'll add, can I add? Add uh, please. Yeah. On Greenland, 
I'd like to go to Greenland. Go to Greenland, okay. And uh, New Zealand. Greenland, New Zealand, and Antarctica. Yes. All right, let's see. Uh, what is Eddie's favorite type of red slash white wine? Okay, I'm not a white wine drinker That's at out. all. Okay, you're red uh, wine. You know, I'll have a glass of champagne at a toast, but I'm really not. I don't fancy the uh, the white wine at all. It gives me a headache. Uh, red wine, uh, I like the... I'm not as uh, a big Pinot guy. I'll, I'll drink it for sure. Pinot Noir? Yeah, Boomer's big into the Pinot. Loves the Pinot. Always gets a bottle when we go out. Um, but I like the, uh, I like the uh, Malbecs. Uh, I like, uh, I, I, by the way, I like all wines. I'm not a wine snob, but if I had to choose, I like some of the Italian wines, the Chianti, the, there's another name that I'm blanking on, Tempranillo, that's a Spanish wine, um, occasionally a Bordeaux. I know they're very different, but well, these th- three wines I've just ma- named, but you know, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm not a wine snob at all. All right, final question comes to us from Bobby Trousers. Okay. Which also sounds fake. Mm. Uh, I think the podcast people would like Eddie to compare a normal day for him after work compared to Al's eight hours of chip eating and piano playing. It's a good question. You go home. Yes. What are you doing? All right. Uh, Normal day. Go home. You get home at what time? Uh, On a normal day. You walk in the door. About 10 of noon. 10 of noon. Let's say noon. Quite, yes, but that's quite a change from what it used to when I was still doing scheduling, when it was like, you know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. So you o'clock. get home at noon, and you're going to bed at 6. Yes. Okay, so you've got six hours. Correct. In. What are we doing? So first thing is, do I have to make any a run uh, for my wife to the post office to drop? Because she has a home business. Home business. She is an independent yarn dyer. Mm-hmm. So do I have to take packages to the post office? Yarn packages. Yes, to be mailed out and or go to you know, office people, whatever, to get whatever it is. You have like so, a part-time uh, working in a uh, business. Yes. So then uh, whatever the result of that is, come home. And I've eaten lunch here, by the right. way, usually between 10 and 11 while you and Jerry are taping this before I post this is uh, when I eat the lunch. So uh, then I will, uh, if it's a nice day, uh, take the dogs for a walk with the wife. So we do that. Now it's say, you know, one thirty, whatever. Then I'll see if she needs help packaging the yarn. And this is really my life. It's a very yarn related mm, uh, yes. afternoon. So uh, I'll, if, if there's any packaging to do, is there any labeling to do? Those are kind of my skill sets in the business. Package right now. labeling. I certainly don't know enough about the dyeing process and I'm not good at skeining the yarn. I'd be a mess. So I help the wife. And then it's um, seeing what's going on for dinner. And sometimes I'll cook, sometimes she'll cook, or we'll cook together. Do you have go-to meals during the week? Like, would you generally uh, hit these these particular no, meals? we kind of vary Change it, it up. up. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's times when it'll be, you know, leftovers or whatever. So, And what time will the eating commence for about that? About 4 o'clock. Okay. But before all that, the dogs have to be fed about 2.30. So we do that. Uh, then, um, you know, so it's really not that much of an exciting life. Um, and if there's any other things that need to be done, you know, if uh, I have a doctor's appointment or if I have to go down to the, uh, uh, township office to play, pay our, whatever it is, uh, what do you call that? The quarterly taxes. Taxes. Yeah. Yeah. 
you have to pay on your uh, property tax. Errands. So you're running errands. Errands, do that sort of thing. And then um, usually eat uh, dinner about four. We'll then watch whatever we're currently watching on Netflix or what have you. We're waiting to start uh, Picard, which is that... Uh, CBS All Access? Yes. But before we watched Picard, there was a suggested viewing list of Star Trek's going <laughs> back even to the original series. Really? Of things to sort of prep you. Prep you for Picard. To, to, for Picard. So we just <laughs> finished all that. That's great. That was like hours and hours in two full <laughs> movies, by the way. So, you know, loser. So, um, yeah. So then we'll watch. And then it's uh, usually about, you know, 545. The eyelids start to droop. And up to bed. And then up at one. And around we go again. Right. Yeah. So. The, the During the week, I think for our hours in particular, very regimented. Yes, yes. And then on Friday, it's different. You know, you sort of want to maybe take a nap, but... Do you have for, to work the yarn business Fridays as well? It depends. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But Fridays, <clears throat> I will go, and uh, when I leave here, a lot of times I have to take my dad to a doctor's appointment, but I'll also, I'll go to Wegmans. That's my Wegmans day. Fridays. Go to Wegmans. I know somebody saw me at Wegmans, took a picture with me. Yeah, that was thing. great. Um, and so I do that, uh, and then I'll eat lunch at home on Fridays, and then depending on what I'm doing, maybe take a little nap so I can stay up till, oh, God forbid, 9 or 10 o'clock <laughs> on a Friday night. Because we're crazy like that now. Yeah, oh, yeah. On a Friday, it gets nuts. If yeah. I can make it up to till 2020 or Dateline <laughs> yeah. NBC, I'm uh, very excited. It's a win. All right. Well, that was Ask Eddie. Okay. It was a longer podcast than normal. People are going to get a little bonus today. Indeed. Or they're asleep. Or they're passed out and like, we'll get on with it. Mm -hmm. uh, up next is the warm-up show. I did that with CeeLo. That was not Q&A. We actually had to do sports yes, topics. Yes, we did. Uh, okay. Uh, so It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, the shortest show on WFAN. Oh, hi there. Uh, Jerry is at Penn State, I believe, That's for Rutgers. Uh, CeeLo joins me. Good morning, Al. Good morning. How are you? You know, sadly, I still, anytime I think or hear Penn State, I go right to their trouble. Sandusky? Yeah. That's will fair. that ever not, in Stigma. my lifetime, will that ever happen where someone says, oh, we're playing Penn State, or the Giants drafted someone from Penn State, where I won't go, hmm. For you personally, me personally, I'm guessing no. Get into my brain. You're still in that mindset. Of, well, it's not that long ago. No, but those folks have been, I believe, all removed. All from, removed. Yes. yes. So it is in the past. That it's had to hurt their uh, people going there for the first couple of years, right? Uh, as far as recruits go, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm and it's just sure. regular students. Well, I'm going there because when I, I mean, tell my aunt and uncle that I'm going to Penn State, they're going to think craziness goes on. I guess here. you ever been out there? No, I've not. It's insane, man. It's like a city in and of itself. It is. You you drive through the middle of nowhere for an extended period of time, and then it's as if somebody dropped this metropolis right out of the sky. Is that right? I mean, not like skyscrapers or anything, but I mean, it is a happening scene. And All it's right, massive. It's a good college town. But yeah, big time. Yes, for sure. And then uh, so Jerry's there. Then driving in this morning was that misty rain where I'm not sure what to do with the wipers. So, I I'll tell you what, that's high on my pet peeve list. It bothers the me. The wiper really situation? Does. Yes, because I don't want to ruin the wipers and wear them down. Right. And especially now with the auto wipers. Mm -hmm. And in my car, which I, I got a Mazda CX-5 in September, right? I'm very pleased with it. However, I find the 
the inability to adjust the auto wiper sensitivity a little frustrating. Oh, it decides on its own? Yes, it that does. It's, that there's water hitting your windshield? Yeah, well, yes. Now, That's bougie. And the problem is if I take away the auto side of it and I just put on, you know, I do the manual speeds, it's, it's like it's always too fast yep. or not fast enough. So I agree with you. The mist is the worst. You the get mist. caught in between. It's right. just You spend the whole trip flicking the thing up and down. Give me the crazy. full pouring rain. Yes. I'll take it. I agree. Because otherwise I, I do the manual one swipe at yes, a time. Yes, that's why I don't even use, I forget the auto or put the, I'm, do, yes, the manual one swipe. Yeah. I am the king of the manual one swipe, for yeah. sure. If yeah. you are just waking up, that's what you have to face when you go out the door today. Right. Forget your troubles, you know, going yeah. to work, you're meeting with your boss, that's not the worst part of the day. You will it's get the there. Mist. Furious at the mist. The in-between wiper mist. Now, where do you fall in this, CeeLo? Because I was uh, following Twitter this morning after I, uh, after I woke to the news of Luis Severino needing uh, Tommy John surgery, Excuse I guess that me? happened last night. No, it happened at in the middle of the afternoon. Middle of the afternoon. Well, for me, it it's the like nighttime. Three o'clock. <laughs> That's true. I was preparing my dinner though. My salmon. Woke to broiled. the news. <laughs> my broiled salmon. Oh my god! All right, so I saw a lot of people in panic mode. Ah, yeah. oh, like the sky is falling. Then I saw people like Monzo and others going, who cares? No big deal. Oh, Monzo's a Met fan. Oh. Yeah. So he was just I think needling his, people? His, well, that, yes. It's a chance to get a lot of engagements and interactions on Twitter. Oh. Ratioed, as some might say, the kids these days. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I had to look that up, Urban Dictionary, to find out what ratioed meant. That's how old I am now. Um, but I think it's more so, hey, look what they did last year. They had a right. million injuries, and they still won 100-plus games and, you know, came within two games of going to the World Series. And now they've got Garrett Cole, so they'll be fine. Oh, I see. But it's still, yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. As a Yankee fan, no matter how you slice it, it's disheartening when you lose two-fifths of your starting rotation before March arrives. You know what I mean? Now, why, I don't don't know why they only figure this out in spring training. Like, didn't, he wasn't he injured last year? Then uh, he complained didn't... of soreness, yes, during the ALCS. Well, then let's get it done right after the ALCS. Well, they did have, he had two MRIs and a CT scan, as we covered for you on uh, last Friday morning's program, I believe, after he was diagnosed with further dealing with this and he was going to go back to New York and they shut him down and all that good stuff. So the difference now was they did the dye contrast MRI where they shoot the dye in there and the color, you know, the colors change and you can see things more clearly and that is where they discovered this partial UCL tear in his elbow. But why didn't they do all those tests at one time? I'm Run them through a, everything. Not a physician. Slide I'm not sure them the through those machines. Answer to that. But Cashman's answer yesterday was that based on his complaints and his symptoms, that was not a. Um, they did not go to those lengths. I see. So it's an unfortunate situation as far as the timeline goes. Um, you know, forearm tightness has been sort of a precursor in the past for guys to all of a sudden, hey, you need Tommy John. Because we heard him last Thursday. He's like, ah, oh, my elbow feels fine. Technically, it's an elbow injury, but he's feeling it in a different part of his arm. So it, it sucks no matter mm. how you slice it. So he's done for the year. I, at least. I mean, I, I'd be down. surprised if you see him on a major league mound. I Ever. would say, at, no, no, oh, no, no, no. At the earliest, I would say next summer. Okay, next summer. That would be my guess. It would be miraculous for him to be ready to go at the beginning of next year. All right, fair so enough. that's why it's really deflating. He's a young pitcher in his prime. He signed this four-year, $40 million extension this time last year. And since then, including the playoffs, who have pitched 20 and a third innings over a two-year span. He still gets that $40 million? Yes, he does. Guaranteed oh, awesome. contracts in baseball. That's what I need. Guaranteed. As Joe Girardi would, would often say, it's not what you want.
Not the contract, the injury. Oh, I see. Yeah. You don't want the injury. That's right. All right. Uh, In New York Giants news, Joe Judge says he's not interested in signing veteran players to mentor uh, younger players. Yes, or to coach them up. Or to coach them up. That's his job. Yeah, and the staff's job. Yes, and I loved the analogy he gave. He says he's got children. He would not have his 14-year-old raising his 6-year-old. Good point, right? That's his job as Papa Bear. Now, maybe the six-year-old could look up to the 14-year-old. All right. And take a few things from what he does. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good, maybe I'll incorporate that into my life. But ultimately, the parents are still calling the shots. Right. You're not handing it over to the 14-year-old and say, here you go, he's all yours. Right? Just like they're not doing with the veteran players. Yeah. Now, some people are making a, a big deal that he's not naming any players by name in any of his press conferences. Well, yes, because specifically about Daniel Jones. But he, they said he hasn't even said Saquon Barkley. Well, he hasn't, but people are making a big deal about Jones because everyone makes a big deal about the quarterback. And that uh, no one has a roster spot right now, he yes, says. Yes, or a starting job. There's or no depth job. chart. Yep. There's a depth chart. It's Daniel Jones, quarterback, <laughs> Saquon Barkley, He's running back. He's got Gettleman back. on board, by the way. Gettleman's Gettleman on board. Yesterday, very cautious with his Daniel Jones answers. Daniel's young quarterback, quarterback entering his second year in the league. You know that's about as far as he went. And this is the guy that he, you know, went all in on last year. And do you? You're a Giants fan. Do you like this idea of them being quote open for business for trading their number four pick? Yeah, sure. Why not? See what you can get. How about that? Ring me up. Give me a call. Let me know what uh, what you're offering. Why not, right? Stockpile some picks. I mean, listen. Is there no one dominant at number four that the Giants need? There's options. I mean, Gettleman said it yesterday. You run the risk of missing out on a great player if you're going to trade down. But I think you got to keep all your options open, especially publicly. There's no reason to say, like, no, we refuse to trade with anyone. We're selecting at number four no matter what, right? You might as well find out. Uh, it's the same as Joe Douglas got himself into trouble. I don't blame him. I thought it was ridiculous. The whole thing with Jamal Adams at the trade deadline. He's like, listen, I got to do my due diligence. If someone calls me, I'm going to pick up and listen. It doesn't mean they're actively shopping somebody, but you have to see. Maybe there's a desperate GM out there that's willing to move heaven and earth and give up all these picks to come up to number four. So it, it can work both ways. I'm going to have to look at some mock drafts. Yeah, you do that. Get right on. And then I'll know. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break here, Eddie, because I know it's a uh, we have a break. Yeah. I, I'm looking down on my list of what else I have left here. CeeLo, I have some coronavirus stuff. Oh, great. I have Tony Romo and a Boomer Esiason situation. Oh, okay. How about and Jerry Judy? Is he on your list? Who's that? <laughs> Jerry we'll Judy? that for the show. All right. And a Cleveland radio host who's oh. been suspended. <laughs> After this, Eddie. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. All right, Lopresti in for Recco. Rangers beat the Islanders at the Coliseum at overtime 4-3. to three. The NFL Players Association moving closer to approving this new CBA for the 2020 season. Go ahead, Al. This coronavirus, uh, CeeLo, is really starting to uh, you know, affect my uh, 401k. Yes. It's affecting. Rough day for the, two days. For the two days. Yep. What's to stop it from being a terrible day today? It's nothing. not like we've cured the coronavirus. <laughs> no, there's nothing to stop it. You got the uh, Olympics possibly being canceled. Yes. You have the Red Sox quarantining players in hotel rooms. That's right. I saw, I think Syracuse had some uh, students that were over in Italy that they're bringing back as they're concerned about their uh, well-being That's happening. As well. Then uh, the Michigan football team, they do an international trip every year. Canceled. canceled. Get them out of there. Guess what they're doing instead? 
community service. Mm. Oof. <laughs> Imagine like you thought you were going on a nice overseas trip. Yeah. You're doing community service. That's a tough trade. By the yeah. way, did you see the name of the gentleman uh, who gave the quote to the Associated Press about the Olympics from the IOC? I did not. You did not. Oh, yes, I did see yes, that. Yes, you did. Okay. Yep. Very good. Interesting That's a name. Not safe for work Google search. But his name is Dick Pound. Dick Pound. Right. Yes. And I would he's think saying you would want to go by Richard in that situation. Rich but, Pound. You know, hey, more power to him. So he's the one who said, we got a potential cancellation of the Olympics here. He said there's a three-month window to figure it out. All right. Figure it out. Or else they're more likely to cancel than postpone or move it. And then a uh, radio host in Cleveland, who I guess has a battle going on with Baker yes. Mayfield. This We've guy's name audio is in the past. Yeah. Tony Grossi. He was, I uh, thought he was uh, not on the air. Hot Mike. Hot Mike. And he called uh, Baker Mayfield a midget. An effing midget. And he is suspended. Immediately. I- immediately, indefinitely. Yes. Not and a he shot. had to apologize. Waddle doodle. Yeah. Now, the company that owns that station, I guess, there was... Uh, Joe Benito right. and oh. Evan Roberts we'll are on the next. road. <laughs> Today and tomorrow.